You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hadrava. You're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. I really, as always, appreciate you tuning in. And, you know, one of the things we talk about around here are face plant moments. And um, I won't go deep into that today, but, you know, there was a face plant moment for me several years ago where myself and an estate planning friend of mine were asked to speak at an event. And the topic of that event was exit planning. And this was something I was pretty passionate about, still am, but I, I had received my ex- exit planning designation and gone through a lot of training and was ready to launch that onto the world. So I was very excited to get the opportunity to speak to this group of business owners that had been brought together for a little lunch and learn type event. I have to admit to you that it completely fell flat as I was speaking and and we were going through the, the um, information, the material there were, I don't even think the crickets were making sounds. There were no questions. Everybody just stared and there was no interaction. And if you're anybody that's ever spoke in front of a group before, you know that uh, body language has a lot to do with the energy in the room and just how successful that is. But, you know, the interesting thing is there was this one gentleman that came up after the presentation and he actually had some questions and we continued those conversations for weeks and months on end. And eventually what I found was he was on his own journey and he had actually been reading a lot about how to exit a business and he had attended some events on the topic. And as I got to know this gentleman more, what I discovered is his nature was to be curious. He was constantly trying to learn and he was thinking about outside the box ways that he could approach this topic. And so we began to meet and discuss these things. And eventually that turned into some work and collaboration with other advisors as we worked together towards this gentleman's vision that he had for his business. And so for me, the great thing is uh, Jim is not only somebody who I've gotten to work with, but he became a friend. And I love our conversations because every time I learn new things or I'm given something to think about. And I think that will be the case for you today um, as we go through this conversation. So without further ado, I just want to welcome Jim Watson to the Epic Studios. Jim, thanks so much for willing to be on our call today. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. And that was a very kind introduction. <laughs> that was, yeah. I remember that meeting and it was, it was, I, I, well, you may have felt some of it felt, uh, fell flat. I was impressed, and and uh, you were speaking to exactly my needs. So, well, I appreciate that, Jim. And you know, I was thinking about it this morning before our call, and it really was as I look back to that moment and where where I am right now and the work that we're doing. I I think it was kind of a launch point um, for the evolution of of what we do today, and um, so I, I give you credit for that. Tell us, let let's start off. You know. You're the owner of Stillwater Building Center, and as I've talked about, you know, you've kind of been on this journey, and we'll circle back to that, but 
why don't you just tell us about the early days and how you got your start uh, at Stillwater Building Center and how that morphed into you actually owning the company? Sure. Okay. Well, um, came to, I was from Oklahoma City originally and came to Stillwater to attend school as many do. I think that's your story. And uh, anyway, um, got a part-time job at a local lumber yard and had some experience with that with school, jobs I had in high school and uh, worked there for, you know, in and out of school, was trying to get through college and um, found I liked it. I, I liked the people. I liked the idea of building houses and building uh, buildings and supplying those products and uh, stayed with that. Met my wife here. We, we got married. Uh, she was from Tulsa, so we were kind of right between here in Stillwater. Loved the town of Stillwater. So we, uh, I stayed. And, and uh, 16 years later, I was managing that, that lumberyard. And uh, the owners decided to sell the company. It, it, it was a very old case, a 60-year-old company, multiple generations. And they thought the time was right to sell. So uh, so we, uh, the group and I that had kind of been raised in that, in that uh, the generation that had been raised in that particular company, um, had talked to the ownership and did not necessarily agree with the direction they were going. So I had a choice to make. I needed to either go and, and uh, find a new career. Uh, Certainly, there wasn't any more any other lumberyards to work at in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So we were really going to have to move, which was the likely scenario, or we we were going to start a a, a new a new company. And we made that choice. And myself and a gentleman named Barney Scarborough, who was the accountant there at the uh, at the uh, lumberyard we both worked at, uh, partnered up and uh, started a company on nothing, uh, literally. I mean, I mortgaged everything we owned. Um, had a few rental properties in my house, uh, took every penny we had out of the bank, um, and uh, Mr. Scarborough did the same thing. And we started on a shoestring and actually didn't even have financing secured at the time that we hired eight people that had previously worked at the uh, at the company you know that we had previously worked at. And I want to mention that, that of those eight people that came over, Five of them still work and are currently buying shares of Stillwater Building Center, just to bring that full circle. But uh, but they all agreed to come. The important key people agreed to come with uh, Barney and I to this new venture, and that had a lot to do with the success that we that we had. But got started. That was in 1999, and uh, we moved into a boat marina because we had to do something quickly because the people who had purchased the uh, the lumberyard we'd worked at were getting started rather quickly and we in an effort not to lose our customer base we threw this thing together and basically uh, from start to finish opened it in about about 45 days um and uh, had actual had our products on the ground in that period of time but it, it was a it was a whirlwind um and uh, got started and and uh, have since you know moved a couple of times in location and kind of brought us to where we are now 20 years later very impressive. Um, and, it, you know, what's striking to me is I, th- I think that story resonates. You never know where opportunity is going to present itself. And in those moments, uh, you're going to make a decision, right? Are you, are you, are you going to go launch and, and, and take the chance and the risk and, or, or are you going to walk away and find somebody else to work for? And I think that's what true entrepreneurship is all about is, being able to go out there and something that you enjoy. And I obviously, I know that about you. Um, and I think that that's a wonderful step and and it's presented itself 
so many riches in so many ways for you, uh, personally and professionally that, that, uh, I, I imagine if you had to go back and do it again, you'd make that same decision. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, I think there would be things I would attempt to change, but in going back and now have, having spent the time that, uh, you know, spent doing and making mistakes and, uh, making some good calls too in there. Um, I realized that almost all the good things and the positive changes that we've made throughout the years were almost always a result of the poor decisions. So I, I don't know how you separate the two. Um, you know, uh, starting out, it was, you know, this first few years, it, you, there isn't any real thinking. You, you're reacting a lot. <laughs> way, way more than I had ever anticipated. It was, you know, you have these great plans, and uh, every year, you know, you you lay down your budget and your 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 plans for the year. And and in that first couple of years, it was you could have uh, torn that thing up in about the first two weeks of the year, um, and you just had to react. Uh, as time goes by, you know, you 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 gain a little perspective. You start to understand the kind of ebb and flow of things, and and uh and you get a better feel but e- even when even now even i feel like i have a pretty good grip when we do our planning meetings leading up to the beginning of the year and meet with my key people and and uh you know it, we still make numerous changes throughout the throughout the year uh relative to our original plans but i don't know how you change anything i, I really don't I'm, I'm happy with the way it's gone uh it, you know i can say that but uh but you know what would I change or do differently? I, I, I would definitely still taking the risk. I, I, I enjoyed it I, uh, thoroughly. The, the, the journey has been rough, but one I would take again and again, it, it, it's a, it was fun. So, um, you know, well, up well, and downs Jim, aside. Well, I was going to say, Jim, so staying with that same theme on your journey to this overnight success that you've built, are there any, you know, moments that stick out in your mind um, where you really came up against some pretty good obstacles that you'd be willing to share with us? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The uh, I'd say the the first thing that occurred uh, we opened in '99 was, and we were just getting you know we were we were profitable. We we were um, you know really uh, getting our feet under us when when uh, 9/11 occurred. That had a, re- a, a, a as it did in you know industries across all over the world it had a, a real freezing effect on new home construction, which is our, that's our, our bread and butter. And we went through about a four month period where it, it almost just stopped. Uh, everything stopped. And, uh, at the time we were so isolated in that one, uh, you know, venture new home construction supply. That was our thing. Uh, it, it took us back and, um, and, you know, uh, four, four months later, five months later, it started again. And within about a couple months after that, we were kind of back to the same pace. But that was the first thing uh, that hit us that we realized, hey, you know, you can uh, events that can occur that literally take months out of the year. And uh, we learned a lesson. Uh, we were fortunate that our cash flow situation at the time was was just enough to get us through. Uh, we've always had really uh, excellent banking relationships uh, that help greatly in times like that, but that was our first one. Uh, and then, of course, when we we'd been open about ten years, um, we decided to open a, a large new facility. It's about ten acres and a, uh, about you know seventy thousand square feet of buildings under cover and everything. And we we uh, again putting all of our all of our uh, assets into a new venture and we were starting that and the day we broke ground you know the chamber of commerce and the big scissors cutting the ribbon 
very very cold January day, winds blowing, and uh, my father had come to to be part of this and witness it. And anyway, we were up there, and uh, my my father and his in his way. I get back in the car. He's waiting in the car because it's so cold, and he hands me the newspaper. And the headline in the Daily Oklahoman says, "Oklahoma officially enters the recession." And I was, I uh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> but uh, uh, he laughed. He 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 knew we'd make it through that. But it was tough. We we put um, a huge investment into a facility that's designed uh, to supply building materials to the building trades, commercial and and housing at that time. And here we are, we're getting ready to go into the deepest housing recession that this country's pretty much ever known. And, uh, and, and it was, that was another tough road to hoe. We, we, it took us, you know, we, we thought we would be launching there in 2010, uh, and 11, and it, it really didn't take off until about 12 or 13. And, but I can tell you this, had I not built that building, had I pulled my horns in like a lot of my competition did. I would have been much longer in coming out of that because we had the new facility and because we had the abilities and we had gone ahead and trained all of our people. We cut back on some expenses, uh, no doubt, but we never had to let anybody go. We kept everybody. We spent our, our war chest on keeping it together in the hopes that it would return. And sure enough, about 2011, late 11 and early 12, it came back strong. And we were in a very good position at that time. And I would say that that was our our greatest growth period was immediately following that. Uh, but dark days, oh, there were some dark days. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, well, were, there were times where I would lay in bed and just think, oh, man, are we going to get through this day? <laughs> sure. So, but, well, uh, di- but again, you know, it worked. So. so, Jim, let me, so what, I, what I'm hearing from you is, look, you, you, you pivoted a little bit through these hard times, but you had the cash flow and maybe you, you cut expenses so that you could continue. Like you made a, you made a really good point. And I want our audience to, to understand that is you positioned yourself in a way that you could expand market share in a tough time. And I, I understand that what I heard you so saying was that was because our cash flow, because we cut some unnecessary expenses, but we forged fo- forward with our plans when others were retracting. And, and that's a common theme that we see in down cycles. Um, it, so, so is that what I want to make sure I'm understanding that. So the audience is hearing that because I think that's an important message in business. Um, and that's why you position yourself in the good times uh, for the next downturn, right? So that you can take advantage. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't uh, agree with you more on that. I mean, um, I, I guess my first, uh, before, uh, going back to when I, when I start, when I started working at, at the uh, former lumberyard that I worked at when I was going to school, I became interested in the, the building process and the, the housing and remodeling and everything like that. And, and this is pre, you know, flipping houses. That wasn't a thing then, but I guess in essence, that's what I was doing. But I noticed when I was living in Stillwater that uh, at that time, which was around 1983, 84, and that was the uh, bottom of a really bad time in in the oil producing states. It was uh, uh, really a state of depression in in Oklahoma at that time. And anyway, I noticed a a bit of abandoned house basically across the street from the rental, rental house that my wife and I lived in. And I inquired about what it would cost to buy it because it looked like uh, it's something I could work on. 
And I found out that that house was, was I couldn't buy that one, but I, I stayed on that path. And over the next eight or 10 years while I was working at the uh, my former employer, I, I, I bought a number of old beat up rental properties for literally nothing because things were so bad. Now at that time, I was young enough that I didn't realize how bad things were. I hadn't seen it very good. You know, as an adult, I had not seen good times. So in the housing market, this was my first experience. I just assumed, okay, I know it's a little down, but it, surely it's going to come back. Uh, now, a number of people advised against this because they're like, you, are you not looking around? I mean, every third house is for sale. Uh, they're closing elementary schools because there's not a population. It was really uh, going downhill at that point. But I bought a number of rental properties at that time through bank repossessions, uh, fixed them up and rented them, couldn't resell them. That was the idea, but nobody wanted to buy them. Uh, but for about the next eight or 10 years, I kept buying those houses and uh, and kept fixing them up and renting them. And in the end, the market, of course, did come back. And those houses became the asset that I leveraged to start the lumberyard. So same story. <laughs> things were things were terrible. I, I was young and dumb, so I didn't realize that's what it was. That was pure luck. I would have done that no matter what. If I saw that abandoned house across the street, I would have inquired about what it would cost to buy it because I wanted to fix it up. That was the real goal. But it turned out it was a very good time to do that. I ended up with you know far more value in those houses than I, than I ever expected. I was counting on rent and uh, you know a little over rent to cover the to cash flow a little bit. But what really had happened was the magic of appreciation on real estate. And ten years later, those all those properties were worth far more than what I had paid for them. Uh, my sweat equity paid off, and uh, sure enough, that's what I leveraged to start a lumberyard uh, without having to go to the bank and beg for every penny. I, I had a uh, an asset there that was important to the bank, surely, uh, in an effort to get them to help me start a business that is is generally high risk. Building supply material suppliers are they're not far behind, you know, restaurants and some other high failure rate in the first five year type businesses. So the banks weren't that, you know, that uh, they weren't cozying up to me on that idea. But with the assets, you know, bringing that in and being able to uh, find, uh, refinance to those houses and, and uh, draw the equity out of those houses, I was able to get started. So one bad economic turn that I got in the middle of, which I wasn't aware of, got me into this. And, and certainly the investments we made going forward in down times have proven to be by far our greatest growth periods following that. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big believer in, you know, uh, you know, something starts to fall apart, start looking for opportunities because they're, they are there. Um, you've got to pick the right ones. That's for sure. You can make mistakes in, in down times, but there is no better growth available to a business person than in the darkest days. That's that's where the that's where you find the diamonds. That's my opinion. Well, Jim, I want to go back because you I see a theme through the stories that you've told here. And and it's common to hear the people that support us and love us voice their concern when we want to take risk as entrepreneurs. So what what is it in your mind that gets over that threshold of, you know, because you said these people were telling me, hey, look around you. What are you thinking? But you push through that. Is, is there something that drives you through that? Um, or or was it just, hey, I just didn't listen? You know, um, I think the first thing is there's probably a, a, a touch of 
you know, and, and I don't think this is the driving force, but there is a little, it's probably this kind of, uh, well, yeah, I can, <laughs> you know, kind of a, you know, I'll, I'll you know you. It's, yeah, I mean, a little of that maybe, uh, you know, I don't, uh, but I think probably the biggest thing is, is just that, you know, I, you, you get excited about something at first and, and then you do the numbers, you know, you look at it, you, you, you tear it down. I mean, when I was looking at those, uh, those old beat up houses that I was going to turn into rental properties or, or try to sell, uh, you know, I, I did the math. I mean, forget about all the noise and the, the, the greater economy around you and what's happening because the numbers usually don't lie. Um, the rest of it is background music, but, but if you, if you, uh, you know, I'm, you know, what happens if I tear all the siding off that house, rebuild the walls, resheet rock it, put new flooring in it, all new appliances, clean the yard up, do all this. Well, what's it going to cost? Well, that's a known quantity. You know, you can, you know, that number. Um, and then you go to it and say, okay, uh, here's the current market, uh, you know, poor as it may be, here's what these houses that are renting are renting for. Does this work? Can you make this work? And if the answer that's yes, the rest of it shouldn't matter really. Um, and, and that's how I felt about the lumberyard as well. When we started that, it wasn't so much, is this the greatest time to start a lumberyard? Is this a good thing? You know, the truth is I didn't have a job. It's what I knew how to do. And the numbers worked. And that's probably the biggest thing. And then there was a little bit of, yeah, you know, I'll show them. I can do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd say yeah. there's a little of that, but, but really it's, it's just a matter of you. Do you want to do it? This looks exciting. You have a background in it. You kind of, you know what you're doing, do the numbers. If it works, forget about what the, the outside is, what's happening in a, in a, in a, in a kind of a macro sense, because that changes and you have no control over it really. And it's going to change anyway. I mean, you know, in the, in the 20 years I've, I've owned the lumberyard in the building center, it's been, there have been so many things I could not have planned for. And every time one of those things happens where the background becomes a bit, you know, foggy or, or dark, you can't quit. <laughs> you got to keep going. So, uh, so, you know, so it's, uh, I think it's, uh, that's the combination of things, but yeah, I'd say largely it was just that, you know, I wanted to do it. It looked like I could do it and the numbers dictated it could be done. So Jim, if we had to, if we had to meld that down to a few things, it's if, if you're passionate about it, know your numbers, execute and pivot when necessary. Perfect. I would yeah. say that sums it up wonderfully. Good. Well, hey, let's, 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 um, let's share. Can I say, well, I want to, before we yeah. get off that, can I say one thing, Rick? Yeah. I want to tell you that, that, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, your, your family's around you and sometimes, you know, how do you push through these things and these take these kind of risks? And, uh, I, I think that's so important because I felt that, I mean, um, you know, you're, you're not just risking yourself, you're risking your family. And, uh, uh my wife who is, has just been an incredible, help through all of these things that I do. And, and, uh, and, you know, it's, it can be problematic. I, I try things and it's not always successful and she has stuck with it and helped me at, at everything and had some great ideas. But she said to me, when, when we first started buying those rental properties, and of course we're trying to get through school, we have no money. And here I am buying these rental properties. And, uh, one day she's going through the bills and for the new stuff. And, you know, we had an oven that you had to like have a, a, a wire to hold the door shut. And we had bought a new oven for a rental property and she puts her fist down and said, that's it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to live like this and do that. And so she's always known when to draw the line and say, okay, it's time to do a little, little something for us now, you know? Uh, but she said, I always go and be very frank when we bought the rental properties, 
when I started this company, when, when, when we, when we moved to the new bigger facilities, we, we, it's always been a huge risk. And I've told her that very clearly. And she says, what's the worst that can happen? And I tell her we could lose everything. And she would say, okay, let's do it. <laughs> it, it that's rare. Uh, I think that's very rare and uncommon that you would have somebody that you can say that to. And they would say, okay, let's do it. And she's been that person. And I have to say, I have got to give credit because that, that has helped me. Had she said, no, are you crazy? This is nuts. I would not have done it. And, uh, you know, so, so I just want to get that out there because having a good partner at, at, at home or a confidant or a friend or family, whatever it is, uh, boy, I tell you that, 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 that support, it has more to do with your ability to forge forward in, in, in really tough things than anything I could ever recommend, you know, is having that person that's in the background going, yep, you can do it. You know, so, you know I just what? want to get that out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because the reality is we're very fortunate to have those people in our lives. And, uh, my wife, same thing. You know, um, I've done some crazy things over my career, um, you know, moved and, and different things that she she always had had support. And I, I can't imagine going through your journey, especially in the tough times when, when you need to know, you know, um, that you've got that support. Not having that would be uh, it would be the biggest challenge, I think, for an entrepreneur. So I appreciate that. And yeah, I love your story. You're here. You are buying ovens for your rental properties, and you're 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 barely eking by at home. Uh, I'm right. Glad, I'm right. glad you voiced that. <laughs> so, well, hey, let's let's talk a little bit. You've had some recent um, events happening for your company, and you know, one thing I know about you is legacy, um, not only for the company, but much more your, your clientele and your employees is something that's really important and been on your mind. Share with us a little bit about what, what the transition looks like that you're going through right now. Well, I, I told about, about the time I met you, which is probably what, three or four years ago, uh, maybe a bit more than that. Um, I, I knew from just from reading about succession planning that you, you needed to start that process. You know, what, it, you know, I found it hard to believe, but many people were saying, you know, eight, 10 years ahead of time is the best, at least five. Uh, I couldn't understand why that would be, but having gone through that process, I certainly understand why you want to plan that so, so far in advance. And then it takes, gosh, I took a year of that, thanks in large part to your prompting to say, man, what do you want to do? Do you want to get out of this or do you want to be part of it? How, what does, you know, what does, you know, retirement or, or, or at least uh, losing some of your burden of responsibility look like to you? Well, you know, you would think I had asked that question myself and really gone over it, but I hadn't. And it, it took a, be- a better part of a year for me just to, just to envision what, the process of, of, of succession looked like to me. What was what was the right way for it to turn out? And once I finally got that, uh, with a lot of good guidance, with, with your guidance included, I felt like I finally had, okay, what I want this to look at is I don't really want to be completely out of this company. I, I like it. I, it, it uh, you know, it provides me with, uh, with a, a, you know, a, a huge amount of, of, uh, of happiness and um, satisfaction. And I'd like to keep that part. But I'd like to lose the the forty, fifty, sixty hour a week part, <laughs> and so uh, so I started kind of formulating this plan uh, again with a lot of help, uh, um, and we we decided I decided what I'd like to see is I'd like to see the same 
folks who had come over with me from that other company to start Stillwater Building Center, I would like to see them be part of it. They already pretty much, they're totally, you know, my advisors. We talk openly. I mean, uh, in a way, uh, you know, of course, my, my, it's my assets on the line. They understand that uh, I, I have to be the boss in some cases. But in reality, they're far more like brothers or, or sisters. And, and uh, you know, and, and I've, I've treated it that way. Well, they wanted to be part of this. And I told them I would do everything I could throughout the thing because I, I want them to be part of what I've experienced in, in, in a, a more meaningful way, which would be to actually own shares of this company. And I didn't know whether or how they would really act about it, react to that idea, because there is responsibility. Um, you know, there's money transacted that you're going to have to pay. We, uh, we came up with this plan by which we could gift them some shares of the of, of Stillwater Building Center, and they would buy an equal portion in shares. And of course, Rick, you're familiar with it. You walked me through a number of these things over the last few years, and, and we've uh, and we just, uh, as of yesterday, executed it. They, um, all of them, uh, there's uh, five uh, uh, people that are involved in this, and all of them bought in and now currently own shares. We went out last night and celebrated and toasted the, the new changes and the, the coming success that we're going to have with this. They're excited. I see the excitement in their eyes. Just like when I when I signed that first paper for the lease on the first building to when we uh, started the company, they're excited. There's something about ownership um, and that is just it's so important. And already I noticed on a couple of their Facebook pages, they and I told them this is I don't want this hidden. You sing about it. Tell everybody I'm very proud of this. This is not a, a sign of weakness in the company or or the succession of the guy who started it. Uh, um, you know, um, backing out of it. It's it's an inclusive thing. I'm including the people that had a lot to do with the creation of the company to begin with, with me. Um, and I have to say that the reaction to the people I've, I've talked to, I just came back from a, a buying market in Indianapolis about a week ago, uh, where I had taken Paul uh, Kloppenstein, which is uh, the, the director of operations in my company now, and now is the majority shareholder. I took him. We went. We went on to this market, and and I introduced him as the. You know, he's he's got ownership now. He's one of the owners, and he's going to be taking over the leadership position in the company over the, the next four to five years. Boy, everyone when they hear hear the story and how we went about this, was thrilled. And these are all similar people. They're small business people that own uh, lumberyards, hardware stores, and such across the country. And it got to where when we were talking about it, Paul and I, we would have a a group of people around us wanting to hear how this worked. Because everybody faces this at some point. Careers are not as long as you might think when you're in the middle of them. And uh, all these business owners are all thinking in those terms. If they don't have a son or daughter who's already laying in wait to, to take the reins of the company, well, there's questions. It's hard to know what to do next. But, but, uh, but I think I've got this thing worked out now where I've got the people I, I really wanted to be involved in involved. They're excited about it. I'm excited about it. I'm still going to have involvement. We have a continuance program by which we have an advisory council that even after you're not employed there, if you own shares, we get together. We have about 250 years of experience in this industry uh, between us. And once a month, we get together and we bring the current management. This is in the future after we're retired. We bring the current management at the time, which maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years in the future. And they come up and we counsel them. We don't interfere with their work. We know times change. And the last thing young managers want is old guys going, oh, that's not how we used to do it. But, <laughs> but 
having a, a one day a month where they come up and spend a couple hours with 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 these these older folks who have seen a lot of this before, I think will be invaluable, and it keeps all of us involved and engaged forever. And literally, the advisory council says the term of your service is forever. It's it's to the day. It, it's until the rest of the council members go. Oh, you know, he's just he can't even talk anymore. Look at him. He's he's, he's <laughs> a, a bumbling idiot. He's out. <laughs> well, and there's no penalty for that. It's just you don't get to give advice anymore. But uh, but that's my idea. I, I wanted to be able to know that when I'm 80 years old, that I can come in and share stories with my peers, the guys that I grew up with here in this business, and maybe some young people that might want to hear a few things and might that might catch a few pearls of wisdom uh, from some old guys, um, and uh, and provide an incredible incentive to the current management. Because if they stick around and they do the right things and they learn this business well and they're excited about it, they're going to be sitting in that room when they're 75 years old or 65 or whatever, and they're going to own shares of this company. And I can already see that amazingly. What's really cool about this is that as this, this all, uh, we, we did the transaction in, in the store with intent. And of course, there's a lot of, a lot of questions among all the, all the employees about what's going on. And we released that and said, this is what's going on. And this, if you're interested, this can, this can be your, your future. If you really are interested, if you buy in and, uh, boy, it it had the desired effect on our current employees as well. They're interested. And, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled. I think the whole thing is coming together the way, at least here we are one day into it. I'm always like that. I always feel like, man, okay, (laughs) success. (laughs) but but i really feel like this has legs i think it's going to work well congratulations because i know behind the scenes how much work and consideration has gone into this and i know how important it is for you for this next generation to be successful and i think you've done a great job I i think you've shown an example of a successful transition and you know business owners that might be listening that are interested in the transition, I think could take a lot out of that. And so um, I applaud you. And it's not to mean that there won't be things in the way, you know, but like you've done your whole career, you learn, you pivot and, and you adjust. And I think having everybody on board, exciting. I'm interested to see the next chapter for Jim Watson, because I think it's going to be an even more exciting thing. So Jim, here's the thing. I, I could talk with you all day. Uh, but we're coming to the end of the show. I want to ask you, and and I appreciate, I think you've shared some really good information with your story. If you had one piece of advice to give business owners today, based on your experience and, and some thought, what would that, what would that piece of advice be? Gosh, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. But I, but I, I guess I would say to let yourself go. I mean, I mean, when when you have an idea and and it seems oh gosh it's just it's got to work you, you really believe in it sell out just do it and uh, and you know you you can't you, you can't hesitate i mean and and you know what there's so many things out there that tell you oh you know red flag don't do that oh you know look they say don't risk this don't risk that at some point you have to sell out to it and uh, and let it go and and i think i think 
you know, I granted it, it depends on your age, but when you're, you, when you're young and you're starting out, you know, so what if you fail? I mean, what if you lose everything? Is it really that? It's not everything. You're going to have what you have and you're going to get it back and probably far more than you had before. Uh, but you got to sell out. You got to believe enough to sell out and really, really put everything you have into it. People say those words. Uh, the, act, the act of doing that, I think, is, is it's exalting. It, it, it makes you a believer and it can move mountains. And, uh, and I think that's it. And I think now, it, now that I'm older and I'm not willing to risk quite as much, I think the advice on that I would give is, is to don't give up on the selling out completely. <laughs> you know, uh, the risk taking is somewhat addictive and, and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to give it up. There'll be some of that. I want, I want to start other things. I'm going to do it with less risk because I'm not an idiot. I, I don't want to have nothing. Uh, but but uh, but believe me, whatever we start next, whatever I decide to do next, I, there'll be some selling out. I'll, I'll buy in. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's important that you give everything you got to it, and uh, it, that's very vague. I wish I had something more specific, but that <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> no, I think I think that's wonderful advice, and I think in a world where people constrain themselves because they're worried about what people think um, or the input they get, I, I think that's really good advice that you know, as we're over 50 entrepreneurs on this podcast, we would definitely do if we could go back with the knowledge we had today and do over. But, but I like your point, you know, you're going to take risk even on your next chapter. And um, it's just a little more measured because of the constraints, you know, personally, but that doesn't mean that you don't go all in when you're passionate about something. So Jim, I, I really appreciate that. Look, we, we've come to the end, believe it or not, because it's been a great conversation. And again, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you sharing. If somebody wants to learn more about Stillwater Building Center, um, how, do, how do they go about doing so? Uh, well, you, you can uh, access our website at stillwaterbuilding.com. And uh, that would be a good way to, to kind of get a background, a bit of a background in our mission statement and such and uh, what we do. Um, and I think that'd be probably the best way to go. Well, and I was going to say, and if you're on your way, if you're in Stillwater or on your way through Stillwater, uh, I, I would encourage people to stop in. It, it, it's a really great place. And, um, you know, it, it, it's Lumberyard, but it's retail as well. And I always feel like a kid in the candy store when I go, when I go to, to see Jim and, and the group and um, just walk through the aisles. So, I would encourage yeah, that. We'd, lo we'd love to have anybody want to come by. And, and if, uh, gosh, if I'm there, actually, if I'm not there, any of any of my folks are there, uh, tell them you heard the podcast and you just want to look around and, and somebody will get you a cup of coffee and, and tell you all about it. There you go. Well, again, congratulations to you and everybody at Stillwater Building. We appreciate you on the show. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate the guidance. <laughs> You bet. Guys, you've been listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, be sure to check out our website, www.epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast for show notes. And also, we have an ebook that is just being launched called Famous or Rich, Nine Ways Value Builders Prioritize Wealth Over Recognition. That's on our website. If you, if you go to www.epicsbiz.com, look for ebook and you'll be able to download your copy. Until next time, we appreciate you being a listener. And remember, we're only getting started. 
The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember, we're only getting started.